there are people throughout the world that have interesting stories to tell. Stories of heroism, acts of kindness, near-death experiences, successes, and failures. You usually hear of these stories from people that live in another state or country. But what about the stories from within your own community? Everyone has a story to tell. And by everyone, we mean your neighbor, your coworker, the person behind you at church, people you interact with on a daily basis, or maybe even you. Welcome to the DTV Podcast presented by the Bless Your Heart Nonprofit Corporation. I'm Brennan Mathern and I'll be your host as we speak to some of the most interesting people in Bayou Lafourche. Today we're speaking with Mr. Roland Lede of the D&D Drive-In Restaurant, which has stood well over 50 years in the LaRose area. Mr. Roland, thank you so much for joining us today. You're quite welcome. Mr. Roland, you've brought some of your family here, so you can tell us. Uh, we'd like to know a little bit about your family and, and uh, where you come from and, and your background. So if you could, please start with the people in the room. Well, I have my granddaughter. Then I have Adams, which is her husband. And, of course, I have my wife. Ruth <laughs> 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 Abair, that was a maiden name. I, I, we had four children. Me and my wife, we had four children. There was two boys and two girls. The oldest one is a girl, then a boy, then a, 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 another girl, then a boy. That's, that's, that's my family. Okay. Now, Mr. Lede, your, uh, your family has been in, in the, Lafouche, the South Lafouche area for a long time. Do you, do you know how far back your family has been in this area? Uh, my wife been here a lot longer than I have. I came, well, years ago, I used to peddle fruits and vegetables down the bayou here. I can remember a lot of things down the bayou here. I can remember when they, um, they dug some canals in by uh, Delta Farm or Cloverland. And people used to go over there, and as they were digging, they would catch some turtles. And we'd go back there and with, with bananas or something, and we'd trade them for, for the turtles. And we'd bring the turtles to New Orleans and sell them over there. That was years ago. And before that, we came down here with watermelons. We used to go to Grand Island and all them places there. At that time, they had no road going to the no, no, no blacktop road. It'd be a gravel road from uh, actually leaving Golden Meadows. And then uh, that's about it. That I can say. Years ago, I used to, and I, uh, that was, I guess I was maybe 11, 10 years old. Now, a few years, we'll obviously we'll get to the restaurant and, and how that all started, but before we get there, uh, a, sh- a few years later, after that, uh, we understand, and you were sharing some stuff before we started recording about uh, how you served uh, in in the service. Uh, you served for six years. You were a platoon sergeant, and you even spent some time in the Korean War. So, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, after basic training, the the assignment for the, the war Germany. That was nineteen forty eight. 
uh, I got over there and I was in the, what do they call, constabulary, constabulary troop. And we, uh, more or less, they were having problems with the, the Russian, by the, the Berlin I lived in. And they, we would go out and border patrols and things of that nature. I took a lot of training in Germany. I mean, I went to, went to different places. They, they sent me to, the service sent me to, to two schools over there. They sent me to the first school I went to was the, the tank school. It was a, at that time we had a small tank. We had, I think it was a M27 or M24, something like that. It was a small tank. And then from there, I came back to the company and they sent me to another school to become a CW operator. So I went to that school for six, for six months, learning how to do uh, CW operate that. Once, uh, once I received, uh, I think, 16 or 18 words per minute, they wanted me to, to do more. They wanted me to get it down to 25. I couldn't type. So I couldn't type fast enough to, to do 25 words per minute. But I stayed there for, for, for three or four months, and I, I, I didn't pass it for the city back to the company. And there, there uh, I made corporal then in the company. And then they sent me back to the States in 1953, 1953, well, yeah, 1953. Um, and from the States, well, <coughs> they sent me back on ship. On the way uh, going to Germany in 1948, we had a, we were on a ship, and we must have had about two or three thousand troops on the, on the ship. Boy, it was a rough ship. It was really, really a rough ride. I would say at least 50% was got seasick. They were vomiting all over the place. I never got seasick. <laughs> <coughs> and then after Germany, well, I came back to the States in 19... I think in 1953. So I had enough experience uh, with 50 caliber machine guns and uh, tanks, tanks too, that they put uh, testing these new tanks that were building in the United States. And that's what I, I was doing in the States. But like I said before, I couldn't make it on the television. <laughs> couldn't come home like I wanted to. Well, I hadn't met my wife then yet, because I, uh, so then I went to, went to volunteer for the go overseas again, so it was in the career. When you eventually did get home, uh, you didn't roll open the restaurant right away. Oh, no, no, no. I had a lot of other jobs before that. <clears throat> I used to operate the, the, uh, the bowling alley. Right. I operated the bowling alley for about two years.
I had went to school in, in Chicago for the machines. I used to know how to operate the machines and everything else. So that's why I came back over here and, and I helped my brother build a molding on it. My brother's name was Lloyd Ledane, and my other brother was Jerry Ledane. They owned, they owned a grocery store, and uh, they used to pedal down here years ago. Many years ago, they used to pedal down here. So that, that two uh, Ledays, uh, Ledays Supermarket, and the bowling alley, two staples uh, that, that were in this uh, community, in the South Lafouche community, uh, and now uh, D and D drive through, all connected by the same family. A lot of people probably didn't realize. Well, Jerry, Jerry stayed in the grocery business many, many years. He came out pretty good, but he had some bad things happen to him too. He had a supermarket over there in Franklin. They went out. He, he lost a lot of money there, and a lot of other things he lost money too. So it's not everything that that, that comes out good, regardless of what you do. Except I married my wife. That's, <laughs> that's, the, good, that's the good thing. Of course. She were already married whenever yeah, the bowling alley, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had a home. We had a home in in Marur that time. That we had built a home. We had a home built for us in Marur before we got married. When we when we were married, we were very fortunate. We had a, home, a brand new home, had paper on the floor. I can remember that. The, the house was just just finished being built. And um, me, stupid me, I, I, she was working then. I said, no, I don't want you to work. <laughs> At that, that time there, it was sort of a strange thing for, for a woman to work, you know, and when she had to take care of the house. That's what it was, uh, her. And she did a wonderful job, I guarantee you. Can you tell us how y'all met? My brother sent me, um, when I was in the service, he sent me uh, her address. And she can tell you more about that than I can. But uh, I contacted her for a meal. And uh, when I came back, the first time I met him, she told me, can you drive me from, from, from West Rico to um, Golden Meadows? Because she was living in Golden Meadows. Her mama was living in Golden Meadows, but she was working in New Orleans. So she, could, could I drive her from, from over there? Today, you would not think about taking a woman from, from one, one area 50 miles and driving her from Brazil. But that's how we met. Kind of feels like uh, almost like a modern day thing where you just kind of contact somebody at random that, that you had their information. That's, that's, what, that's what it so, was. So you, you were just ahead of your time. <laughs> that's about it. So when you did decide to open up the restaurant, I, when I was growing up, it was called Double D. Now it's D and D, but it, it's been through a few name changes. It, it, it would have been what was R and R. R and R is how it started. R and R was the first name we had. For what? Of course, it was. What did that stand for? Root and Roland. There you go. <laughs> Root and Roland. So 
R and R. That's how it started back in 1964, uh, and then it changed to H and R. So wh- who was in charge then? I was in charge of it. it was my my brother my, my brother wanted to come in with me too. Harry. Harry. So H and R. Then it changed to H and R. He worked for me about I guess about two or three years maybe. Yeah? I don't remember. About three, I guess. Three to five years. Something like that. At that time there, we used to open oysters, peel our own shrimp. We bought shrimp from anybody. Anybody would come around and we'd peel myself and bread them and everything else. And her, she worked like a dog all the time. I can remember when... when uh, when the, the day before uh, Christmas, a fellow from down by here, he, he was a crabber. They had, they were given 15 cents a pound before Christmas for crabs. Well, then for, for Christmas, they had nobody to do them, so they, they dropped, the, dropped down the, the price, I think from five, from 15 cents to five or 10 cents. He said he wasn't going to sell them. So he gave me the crabs. I had bushels and bushels of crabs. She peeled these crabs, and she knew how to peel them. And she made some. That's how. That's how we started. We didn't. My first day of sales in the restaurant was twenty-seven dollars. Wow. Twenty-seven dollars. My first week was two hundred and forty-two dollars. How I made it, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> My first year, we had a fair come over there, and they wanted to to park on the ground over there, and they would give me so much money per per unit to park there, and they would eat there and everything else. So I accepted it. That's how I made it my first year. Through this, 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 this fair, people from the fair, they stayed at the place over there. They, they, and and she, that was that was before the hurricane. When I when I first got the, the place, it was from uh, what was his name, maybe? Yeah. The building before? Yeah. Miss Falk's daddy. Uh, Miss Falk and then. Swiss. Swiss, yeah. Yeah, Swiss. But anyway, I don't see how he would make it. He was he was buying the cokes from the coke man. They were paying eighty six cents a case for twenty four bottles of coke. But he was selling them for a nickel, a coke. He had a, an ice box in in a place. He would buy ice. And he put the ice in there, and people wanted to cook. He ch- chopped them some ice, put it in a, in a club, pour them a coke in there, and he would sell them for a nickel. Now, you tell me how a man could sit, stay in business there. I don't know. But he did. And well, he was he was uh, selling uh, malts and shakes and things of that nature. I guess he was making the money on the malts and shakes and things of that nature. I don't know what his price was then. 
Now, you mentioned the hurricane. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about uh, Hurricane Betsy. Right. Can you tell us? And that was what a year, the year after uh, y'all first year. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how y'all fared through the hurricane? Well, at that time there, they had built a store next to me. My brother, he had built a store right next to me. So we stayed in, in, in the restaurant that, that night there. Now I can remember that we had, as soon as, as, soon as I, I, I took over the job of the restaurant, I, re, I, I remodeled it and I put a place in there to, to sit down. To sit, and I had bought some boots in there, so I knew they were there. But anyway, when the, when the hurricane came, I had my four kids in there and I had my wife there. And my brother was in in in, the, in his store over there. The hurricane did damage to the store. It did a lot of damage to the store, but we were very fortunate. Did very little damage to the place. Maybe a, you know a few little things wasn't very much. So we were very fortunate then. And uh, but after the hurricane. You couldn't get anything down there by you here. I would go to New Orleans over there and I'd go to Swagman. I'd buy grind meat over there at Swagman. You wouldn't believe it. For 18 cents a pound. I'd go back every day. He couldn't give me very much, but I'd go, go by every day. One thing I can say to this very day here. We did not go up on our prices. Our hot dogs and uh, everything, we didn't go up on our prices. We charged them. At the end of the day, when, I, when we got nighttime, I would turn down, because my brother had gave me a, uh, had gave me, had, 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 a, had ran me a wire from the generator that he had from the government. He gave me one leg so I could run one thing in the place. That's how I stayed in business then. Wow. I'd run the new and buy my grind meat, come back over there, make a hamburger, and she was there. We had four kids now. I don't know how she did it. <laughs> I don't know how she did it. Now, look, I grew up in La Rose. It was, it was double D when I was growing up. In fact, I, I grew up across the bayou from it, in fact. And I remember countless trips uh, for ice cream, sundays, po' boys. But I want to talk about two items specifically. Uh, first, going back to the ground meat, uh, the hamburger steak. So one of the things that my parents always used to order was hamburger steaks. And I never, I, you know, as a kid, that, that wasn't that appealing to me. We just kind of settled for hot dogs or, or whatever. But uh, my parents loved them, and they couldn't get enough of them. And now I, I know part of the secret is that you guys used fresh meat, and you made your own burgers. And let me tell you one thing. I had a butcher over there at Swagman. His name was Preston. That's been many, many years. But him and I were got to be good friends. And he told me how to make a hamburger, good hamburger. But he helped me out a lot in, the, in making the hamburgers and everything else. When we first started, she used to mix the hamburgers herself and make the patties. When we got to 50 pounds of meat, it got too much, so I bought a machine. 
to, to, to make a hamburger. The first machine I bought was a second-hand machine that made hamburgers. I paid him $7,500. The last machine that they bought, I think it was $16,000. Wow. That's the difference in the machine. We do about three, 300 pounds of ground meat every two weeks, about. Wow. And they're not open seven days a week. No. <laughs> I used to open seven days a week, and I'd go in the morning at 6 or, six or 7 o'clock in the morning instead of midnight. At that time there, you didn't go and pick up the workers. Then you had to bring them home. Then people didn't have no cars, then you had to go and pick the workers up and bring them back. How she did it, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> How she put up with me, I mean. One thing I can tell you, I used to drink around 9, 10 o'clock at night. We used to sell beer at one time. Boy, eight, nine, eight, nine o'clock. I guess I was so sorry and everything else. I put a few beers on me. Good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, of all of all the menu items uh, that y'all have, have had over the years, I, I think for at least for my family, the chili is and and has always been the, the biggest thing. And it's so simple, right? Just hot dogs and chili. But I mean, I grew up. Uh, the double D chili is is still to, in my family to yeah. this day is the staple chili. Uh, we we got tons of hot dogs and chili in the past but we've even got to the point where we were going by the just the cups of chili and bringing them home for a party or something like that uh can you tell us anything about the chili itself what made it special uh what, what sets it apart if anything at all this is my idea is the chili powder most of the people that make chili in their houses or something like that they put a little george chili in it we didn't put a, a little George chili. We put a lot of chili powder in it. I guess people liked it. <laughs> I know we did. But we also had a price for our on hot dog. I think we started a hot dog with either four or six for a dollar. That's how cheap they were. I, I want to say, like, and so it, when I grew up back in the 80s and 90s, I, I want to I, I say it was around, you'd have specials like four for $2. So the yeah. price probably didn't go up very much, and maybe an extra little bit if there was chili or versus they, clean. They were four for a dollar. We had to put signs out in the road and everything else. I didn't have no business. But today, we, you know, it's doing good. Well, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's, I'm sure the menu, and you've talked about, you know, shucking oysters. You talked about uh, different things that y'all have ordered. Have there been, have I'm sure there's been a lot of menu changes over the years. So I, already hearing that that y'all had, you know, the oysters and stuff. But but uh, have there been any interesting menu items in the past that you can point to, or some major menu changes that y'all have gone through? I, don't, I can't think of any major menu changes. The, the hamburgers it's still, still use the same thing that we, that when we first you know you used to mix with them things and, but we haven't changed that or nothing like that. The chili, they're still using the same uh, same thing that that I used when I was there. Uh, everything is about the same thing. The chili recipe, where did that come from? <laughs> well. Actually, I started making the chili, and she, with her help and everything else, we made the chili. 
I put a lot of sweet peppers in there, a lot of chili in there, a lot of onions, a lot of garlic. What else now? I think if you say anything else, your granddaughter's going to get upset <laughs> for giving away the family secrets here. We, 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 it still uses the same thing. Because when, when I left there, my son wrote it down what, what he wanted, and he, got it, he kept it down. Now, Adam's, I think Adam's now making it mm -hmm. too. But uh, they're still using the same, same thing. But like I said, the only thing different is... When I first started making chili, I used to buy, I think, maybe 10 pounds of chili powder. Today they buy about 100 pounds. And at that time, that chili was cheap, but it's not cheap no more. It's one of the things that's really expensive. So do you have, uh, over the years, do you have a favorite menu item that you that was your favorite over the years? I would go the hot dog. The hot dogs, yeah. Yeah. I can uh, I can relate for sure. <laughs> I think then, besides the hot dog, would be a shrimp shrimp oh boy. That was so so. It's funny because that's my that was my two go tos. It was either hot dogs or a shrimp po boy. Uh, even to this day, it, that, it was, it, it was a, a shrimp po boy. So your sons took it over for a while. It was called Double D for for many years. And now it's D and D. So who are the current owners? David and Darlene, and his wife and him. David and Darlene. So Aaron, you and Adam uh, are, are in line uh, to take over as the third generation. Uh, what's what's it like? First of all, working in a family business, and then knowing you know that that eventually you're in line to take over not just the family business, but continue this legacy on uh, for the family. Um, it's exciting, but it's also a lot of work. Working with your family is fun because they're your family and they know you, but it also is kind of hard um, seeing them all the time. We're very all similar. So when you put all its personalities together, it gets kind of difficult, but it is very worth it. Uh, Adam, too, um, any plans for the future of the restaurant? I mean, certainly all of the, the menu has pretty much stayed the same over the years uh, with some minor changes. But uh, as as we move into the future, uh, I mean, certainly uh, any any restaurant's going to over uh, going to have some changes over the years. Is there any future plans for, for the restaurant itself? Not anything big. No. Um... I'm really big on if it's not broken, then don't fix it. Um, we really try to stick to the basics. I mean, it's what we're good at. You know, we've been here for since 1964. Um, yeah, you just, the has pretty much stayed the same. We've added a couple of things that people have asked for. Um, but besides that, you know, like Mr. Olin said, the chili's still the same. The hamburgers are still the same. Um, I'm sure everyone's noticed we have gotten really big on social media you can you know uh, point to Aaron for that um something a lot of people don't really realize but Aaron and I did go to school um to take over D&D &D was never in our plans you know um Aaron growing up she and I have been together for 10 years and not until the last three you know have we been full-time in the restaurant um I know she's talked about you know as she was growing up she never really wanted to be in the business, you know, and, and her dad kind of, Mr. David kind of was 
nodding her to go in a different direction just because I think he, I mean, he knows that it really is hard work. Um, so she went to school. We both got degrees um, in marketing and public relations, and we kind of, like, went with that. We moved to Florida for a year and a half, came back, did some stuff in New Orleans, and realized that we were almost stupid, you know, that we were sitting on a gold mine pretty much. Um, you know, like, Mr. Roland, Miss Ruth, David, Darlene, like, they've pretty much, like, laid out this map of success for us, you know, and I just, we both kind of knew um, at the same time, honestly, that um, it was time and it made sense for us to go back um, to, to D&D. Something I also want to point out, everybody calls it Double D, Double D, Double D. It's been D&D the longest, actually. So it's been all, you know, all these different name changes. Um, everybody still does refer to it as Double D, but it's been D&D since 97, actually. Um, you know, but still to this day, people call, you know, is this Double D? Yes, this is, <laughs> this is D&D, yes. <laughs> Old habits die hard. Yes, exactly. I'm, gu- I'm guilty yes, of it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> And that, too, to mention as well, you know, we've got the third generation here, the first generation. The second generation is, is, not, uh, is not in here with us. But, uh, you know, they really have put a lot of hard work and effort, and they have made, you know, D&D definitely what it is today. You know, for sure it could not be anything without, you know, the first generation. It certainly could not be anything without the second generation. So, um, you know, Ed and I... We are excited for the third generation, um, and we hope for for many, many, many years to come. Uh, well, it's exciting. I know the I know the community is is happy to hear about that, and uh, we thank y'all so much for joining us, and and really appreciate us uh, hearing all these great stories uh, for for how this business got started and and how it changed over the years. In my years in the restaurant business, it's to satisfy everybody. And that's what you're trying to do, satisfy everybody. The good Lord, he put two the people down on earth over here, and that's my thing. He couldn't satisfy them two people. How in the hell you going to satisfy everybody? <laughs> I'm going to remember that that's one for truth. sure. <laughs> All right, so now we get to have a little fun. At the end of every show, we have a round of rapid-fire questions for every guest, and as you might expect, they're related to life on the bayou. Uh, and we even change them up from time to time, so we might throw out some curveballs. You can give us a one-word answer, or you can expand on your answer if you feel you need to explain. It's entirely up to you, Mr. Roland, Aaron, Adam, even Miss Ruth. Uh, whoever would like to participate, we're more than welcome. Uh, just, just pull up to the microphone and give your answer. So we'll, we'll start with Aaron and, and go around. What's your and, and granted, this could be at your at, at D and D or at any restaurant. What's your go-to order at any down the bayou restaurant? Hmm. So at D and D, my favorite is very specific. It has to be the red weenies on the weekend with sliced cheese and half a scoop of chili. Okay, it is so good. And if you put a little bit of ketchup on the side, you can dip your hot dog in that. It's so good. But I also do love a good bowl of gumbo at any of the other restaurants down the bayou, like Mommy Joe's. They have a good old bowl of gumbo there. So what's your go-to order? if you, When you go to a restaurant, what do you, what do you have to order? I can tell you just right here. And all my years I've been down this restaurant, down down this bayou, I don't think I ever eaten at another restaurant. Wow. I always left 
town means some results me. All right, so potato salad and the gumbo are on the side. And the gumbo. Potato salad. You eat your potato salad and the gumbo are on the side. Mm. He used to put it in, but but not anymore. What about you? I don't well, put I it in. On the side. Well, I think I've changed it on the side. Since I don't have any more teeth, my mom. <laughs> he doesn't have any more teeth, so. Yeah. He takes care of all that. <laughs> Did she choose it for you? <laughs> no, she didn't choose it. She cuts it up. You gotta chop it up. Though. She gotta chop it up. Boy, she, she made uh, a corn soup over the weekend, over the, over the week, last week. You talk about good. <laughs> I had to blend the corn. No, no. <laughs> All right, Adam. In in the gumbo or out the gumbo potato salad? I'm actually not a potato salad fan. Oh. Don't okay. eat it. You don't Let me tell you nothing. something about this fella here. <laughs> here we go. He, he's been here all his life. He don't eat seafood. Nope. nope. I can't imagine. And he doesn't eat potato salad. <laughs> no. He don't eat much of nothing. Mm -hmm. He's hard, he's hard to, to find something that he eats. I don't know All what right, so, so this question then probably won't be for Adam, but jambalaya, red or brown? Brown. Brown jambalaya. Which one you prefer? Red color. or brown? <laughs> oh, brown. 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 I eat brown. Okay. I mean, I eat red too, but I prefer brown. All right. She makes a good jambalaya too, Miss Ruth. I, be I believe it. She does. Uh, what's your favorite Cajun French word or phrase and its meaning? I feel like the one I use the most is like grot. Because it's like, I don't know. Because if you say something, it means so it means nasty. Or, you know, something along those lines. But it just doesn't have the same, you know, oomph. When you say, oh, that's nasty. No, you say, ooh, that's grot. You know? that's <laughs> I guess that's what I would have to say. <laughs> I'm sure all of our listeners just could relate to that exact, <laughs> and that's why we use Cajun French, right? I mean, it, it's it's you can you can relay your thoughts more succinctly by right. using those those terms. Right. I have no 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 uh, no words that I could say in French. Not any nice words, no, probably. Nothing. Nothing that would be okay on the podcast, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, this is this is the the kicker, especially for y'all. When a boat is passing and you're in the car, is the bridge open or closed? Gosh, the bridge is open, <laughs> and it's been my worst nightmare for 27 years. <laughs> when a boat is passing, what now? So you're sitting in the car, and the boat is passing. Would you say that the bridge is open or closed? Bridge is open. He's clocked out. Damn it, we caught the bridge. <laughs> we caught the, the bridge, bridge closed. Open. When a boat is passing, the bridge is up, it's open. I agree. Open for boat traffic. Yeah. That's yeah. what the bridge is for. So I imagine talking about bridges is not y'all favorite topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> your restaurant has survived despite all of the intracoastal bridge issues. Uh, its reputation and the relocation of the La Rose Bridge, the the pontoon. Uh, for our listeners that don't know, there used to be a pontoon that crossed the bayou and would lead directly to 
the restaurant, and now that has moved. That is that has been removed. We now have the La Rose Lift Bridge, which connects to uh, the four lane thirty two thirty five. But so so bridges have probably not. Uh, it's been a four letter word uh, in, in the, <laughs> the in in your family, I would imagine yes. at this point. And the levee, they closed that right. Homa shortcut road, which kind of hurt us a lot, actually. But we powered through. So, uh, again, thank you all so much uh, for, for joining us on this episode of the DTV podcast. We want to thank uh, Mr. Roland, Miss Ruth, Adam, Aaron. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, it was so incredible to hear the story about uh, this institution uh, that, that's in La Rose, how it got started, uh, how it changed hands over the years. And uh, we're excited to learn that, that we can look forward to a continued future uh, here in the LaRose community. But thank you all so much for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. So that'll do it for this episode of the DTV podcast. We want to thank again our guests for joining us. We sincerely appreciate your time. We want to thank you for listening. You can subscribe to the DTV podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV podcast. You can also follow Bless Your Heart Nonprofit on Facebook or Twitter at BYH Nonprofit. You can donate to Bless Your Heart Nonprofit as well by going on Venmo at Bless Your Heart Nonprofit and on PayPal at Bless Your Heart Nonprofit at gmail.com. That'll wrap it up for us on the DTV podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for our next episode. Until then, this is Brennan Mathern. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>